0: So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time.
1: And if you love the fillet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba 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 ba.
2: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions and updates across the world of wrestling. To the
0: highway in a brand new day. Over the way. Gotta let it go. Four to the floor. Down. Is together, you and <laughs> You You You
1: Welcome back to Open the Voice Gate for February 27th, 2024. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find Open the Voice Gate on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast feed or on our own dedicated Open the Voice Gate feed on all podcast catchers and applications. You can follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. If you'd like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. We'll take you to our RedCircle.com landing site. You click the red box. It says "sponsor this podcasting." Set up a one-time, a recurring donation, no obligation whatsoever. But we would like to thank all of our previous donors. I am one of your hosts. It's your old pal Mike Spears. Joined alongside is always K Low. And we're kind of in like this interesting period. I feel like Case, like this Dragon Gate year is a bit different than things are. And uh, uh, all I have to say is that apparently uh, we have Champion Gate this weekend.
2: I thought when you said we were in an interesting time that you were referring to something that I wanted to lead off the show with something not on our run sheet, which is that it's an interesting time in the soda market yet again, Mike. Uh, before we talk about Drangate, which is what we're here to talk about, I want to talk You're about sure? co- I want to talk about Coke Spiced. Are, are you familiar with this new drink?
1: I have finally started to see people talk about this in my group chats. Okay, and, and you know, one of the things I've been doing this year has it, it, it's less of a giving things up it is more being more conscious of my caffeine intake so I've really cut down my sodas at this point but spice coke I might have to go at least get a sample and try one out like lately the the, the soda that I've been having the most of and it's only when I go to uh, taco stands is uh big red that's been what I've been drinking
2: ah, ah, ah. well I would uh, look I've also cut back dramatically on my soda made my life better. I would recommend you doing the same if you're listening and you're consuming more than two cans a day. But the Coke Spiced, pretty good. Raspberry Coke, it's strong. You're you're not going to mistake the flavor for anything else. You're not going to think it's a normal Coke. It's a, it's a very strong flavor, but it is one that I, I have now had two different bottles of, and I, I got to say I'm enjoying it quite a bit.
1: It's something where I feel like that cinnamon and like a general spice kind of flavor always with coke i feel like has been something they should have been pursuing a lot more because it's something at least as someone who grew up as a pepsi drinker like i'm used to a certain kind of chemicals coke always tasted kind of christmasy to me so having like raspberry and have it be spiced even if it's a springtime thing i it, it makes sense in my head like i i i do think i'm going to su- try to seek it out
2: yeah no it's, it's it's really good i enjoyed one this afternoon as i hit you with Topic number two, not on our run sheet. Mike, Mike, five seconds before we started recording goes, hey, is there anything else you want to talk about? And I said, no. And then he hit record and I realized, oh, wait, there's two things I did want to talk about. So I apologize (laughs) for that. Uh, But I was enjoying my Coke spice this afternoon and I flipped on the DDT Cork and Hall into the Fight 2024 show. Mike, have you watched this yet?
1: No, this is the one that has the uh, member of the Rampage. Uh, yes, yeah. uh,
2: I, I'm going to butcher the name, but I believe it is Kasai Takichi. T'keech, T- yeah, yeah butchered. Yes. OK, so I, look, watch the last two matches on this show. There's a DDT Universal title match. It's Mao versus Hikaru Machida. I don't believe I had ever seen this Machida kid work before. Are you familiar with him at all?
1: Hikaru Machida, not whatsoever. And Kasei Takichi, I know mainly because I know that they did a TV show and Exile Tribe is a legit big pop culture thing and a thing that like wrestling is not right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. So Mao versus Machida you should watch because thank God I do this podcast with you. You'll understand this reference. I don't know how many other people will, but Mao versus Machida is kind of an alternate universe what if shogo jet takagi was good match because all right yeah yeah Yeah. i follow
1: you exactly because
2: machida and i don't know his background i'm assuming he has some sort of legit shoot fighting background but he does basically a boxer gimmick and mao was very creative in the match is very very fun it is it is very different it it is memorable i wouldn't quite go notebook on it but i really really liked it uh so i would recommend that and honestly i'd like to see i'd like to see more machida i thought he was a really interesting wrestler so you have that and then you have the catchy main event and look you know it it did 1600 fans it's the most well-attended cork and hall show post pandemic the place is electric all of the comparisons to a toriamon cork and hall crowd are accurate Mm-hmm. And, and astute, and I'm glad people are making that connection. I thought the, ma- I thought the match was very good. I would put it below, uh, in terms of an in-ring, you know, first match in wrestler, I thought Strong Machine J had a better debut match. I, I thought Kento Kabune probably had a better debut match, but when I think about it, it is probably the best debut since the man we now know as SB Kento. So I, I obviously thought very high uh, highly of him and his debut match, And DDT's got me for a little bit. I I was very impressed with the last two matches on this show. I know there is a hyped Masato Tanaka match with the uh, uh, former Toy Kojima that I I need to get to. People have been really into that. And I think it would just be very good for Japanese wrestling of DDT. I thought they had a very good 2022. I was very bored by their 2023. It would be really nice if they heated up a little bit in 2024.
1: Yeah, it was something where at least for me, I like Yuki Weno and getting the belt onto him for me long term, I was like, yeah, no, that's kind of where I'll be interested in seeing where it kind of goes from here. And I I, I think the thing I look at uh, Kasai Takachi and the Torimon things at least, like again, I have not seen this. I'll probably try to make time for this before I stream tomorrow afternoon to check this out. I think that you look at uh japanese wrestling right now case and one of the, the 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 wild things i think if we if we want to extrapolate this and this is kind of the place where we do these kind of things case uh i think uh people who are professional dancers if it be uh break dancers like strong machine J or saya kamitani or other styles of performers like that kind of have become like this uh feeder into professional wrestling in japan at least for what i feel like people have who have been over the last uh decade or so seen as like high level prospects the background hasn't necessarily been either like you do have a couple former sumos like you have your, your yuki onaya's but really by and large uh sumo to professional wrestling does not happen as much anymore but uh professional dancer especially like breakdance or hip hop dancer and into Japanese wrestling has kind of become like a funnel in the same way that I look at the NIL deals for WWE. And it's like, Oh, they just got a whole bunch of college prospects. I kind of want to go take all of like the top 30, uh, break dancers, uh, hip hop dancers within like Japan and get them into professional wrestling. So I feel like there might be something.
2: You, you make a good point
1: there. I, I would really like more
2: sumo's, in wrestling right now that's weird that that pipeline stopped
1: it's i, I mean it, i think it's a corollary also with how mixed martial arts is in japan as yeah. well that like a lot of the foreign sumos at least up until uh pride really if we really want to do like that but really like takeda kind of becoming that kind of figure you would have had that fe- that feed into professional wrestling but now I, I think you look at uh, sumo and especially like the sekitori out there and the step is, and especially when you consider now almost all the extremely high level with, with some exceptions are Mongolian uh, and uh, other p- forms of, I, I would say, Central Asian wrestlers like they're going to go into MMA. It makes more sense for that, that there's not exactly like the pull into professional wrestling the way that we have seen, you know, the last 20, 30 years up until this point.
2: The thing that made me think of watching that debut was Mike. You know this, and I—I I think, I think we talked about it in 2020, but it's certainly been a while. But you remember there was a a Dragon Gate dojo member who uh, was receiving private training sessions, and I, I believe his background was that he had like a real sports pedigree. And that he was, you know, rugby.
1: What well, I, yeah. I want to feel. I, I I want to say rugby. I don't hold me to that. I mean, this is all colloquial kind of stories. Yeah, but I so want to say it was rugby. If this thi- is what we're thinking, what I'm thinking.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, okay. it is. I mean, this would have been. Uh, I I guess now in hindsight, this would have been around the same time that Kabune and Kame and Kakuta were in the dojo. But Dragon Gate had this guy who we heard a lot about who was, again, some sort of legitimate athlete who had tried his hand at Gate, and he was getting private training sessions from people. He was not uh, looked at as a green boy in the same way that literally everybody else that's accepted into the dojo is. He was this special guy who we we heard, you know, if he ever debuts, he not only has this raw talent that people are going to be amazed by, but especially in the context of Gate. He was going to be something so different than just your average Dragon Gate came to my hometown mm-hmm. in 2007. Now I'm a Dragon Gate wrestler type story. And... It, it,
1: it would have been more like how, for, for lack of better words, they manufactured Roya Tanaka's debut in a way. It yeah, was yeah that's, be a, like, that's a
2: good point. Yeah,
1: a, a way that they were going to kind of do the full court press and try to use it as a non-traditional at least as it relates to dragon system fan base try to get someone outside of that and to that so with this uh th- this trainee that was called like weapon x well, yes, was like the way that, that was that we...
2: i was thinking it was project x but you're right it was weapon x was we- at least... weapon
1: x and, and i just have a very far fetched idea case check your slack dms about something that just popped in my head that now about this this figure uh, did, you, did we're not going to say this name on air but oh. i just want you to think about this for one second do you think i'm off on that do you think that there's like a possibility that I might be right about who this person is cuz i think this person is now still in wrestling
2: no so the story that i heard was this guy got out of wrestling um because i am so i'm looking at at our list we have a spreadsheet of drangate debut debutees and uh, There was definitely a point in time where I had to check and say, Hey, is so and so debuting this guy? And I was told, No, that guy left the dojo. He got out of wrestling. He never made it. So, unfortunately, the DM Mike just sent me is very juicy but i do not believe that is correct thus we will be moving along
1: it it, it would be the, the the person that would make a lot of sense for a lot of different things it I'll would be it, it would
2: be like a scooby doo mystery it would be very yeah. fun to dissect that yeah but yeah, yeah. i am i am 99% sure the the special Gate trainee just never made it out of the dojo just at one point he said i'm good this is very hard and i i am not i am not going to be doing this going forward but yeah i the the english the english speaker the english translation we got was i forgot about that they called him they called him weapon x and for like six months we were getting updates about this guy and it was very very exciting and then it just never came into fruition
1: yeah and it was one of those things that like at least for how wrestling is and like the dot and and especially the dragon system and the way that the dojo is that like it was someone that was like treated special in a way that like the fact that we were even getting a report about this, it was wild in that.
2: Yes, but that is that that is unfortunately a what could have been. But what is is like you said, champion gate this weekend a lot to cover before we get there. And then, of course, we will do a deep preview of Nostalgia Gate, the first ever show of its kind, and Champion Gate in Osaka this weekend. Both shows I'm very much looking forward to.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting uh, weekend, and it's one that I know that I kind of was the person raising their eyebrow or asking uh, the, the questions about Nostalgia Gate or Gate of Nostalgia. But now that we are upon it, it it's something where the, it's going to be It's going to be different, and I'm going to enter the weekend open-minded. But before we get into looking ahead in Dragon Gate's weekend in Osaka, let's talk about the uh, big things going into this weekend. Coming from the weekend, they were in Gifu, Hiroshima, and then they had their annual Kobe Art Center show. It feels like every February, they are in this uh, awkward building, not Kobe Sambo Hall. It is the Art Center this uh weekend and similar to last week uh where we will we'll talk briefly about uh what what went on in the promotion at least entering uh the big story is coming out of gifu the uh main event was uh, uh D- it was a uh, gold class versus uh and uh, and during the really the first few minutes of the match yoshiki kato in a go behind knee buckled goes to the outside essentially the remainder of this match i think it's fair to say was wrestled almost as a gold class three on two handicap match kato was at ringside the entirety of the match it was not a situation where like tn revolution where when he went down he was not seen from again uh but after that uh we had the announcement that they Open the triangle gate championships which would have been uh that z brats team uh kai ishan and kato versus d courage uh the uh Z-Brats champion team has to vacate as kato has a knee injury he's been pulled from all cards there is a little wrinkle to this that we will get into us that just seems like they just haven't changed one of his uh matches coming up but uh looks like that uh, kato is seems to be out for a pretty good while at least from the way that he crumpled in this match
2: Yeah, so obviously bad news here with Kato going down, and it is another one of Dragon Gate's young guys getting injured. And and so there was some discourse and the Voices of Wrestling discord over the last few days of, you know, whether or not the promotion just has bad luck or whether or not the promotion needs to do something to address the fact that these young guys keep on getting hurt. Because you look at who's out right now, it's now Kato. It was Fuda. It is Nagano. it, It is TN Revolution. And it is Minorita, and up until a month ago, it was also Mochizuki Jr. And it's the young guys on the roster, you know, outside of Ata who got injured in Noah. The guys that are hurt are the guys that are 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 with the least amount of experience. And so I understand why people can can panic over this a little bit, especially because it is so abnormal within the history of this promotion. I mean, look at who is headlining champion game Nosaka. It's Susumi Yokosuka. He's wrestled every single month since the end of 1998. The man never gets hurt. I wrote extensively about Masaki Mochizuki in January. He hasn't been hurt since the end of 2001. His son, who's been wrestling for less than two years, has already been hurt three or four times. It's just a very odd thing that Gate is undergoing right now. But I went back and I watched all of the injury footage for Kato, for Junior, for Fuda, for Nagano, for Tien Revolution, and for Minorita. And when you go back and look at it, I think it is less concerning and more aggravating than anything because Kato, you know, he's he's doing a go-behind on a suplex in his knee buckles, and now he's probably out at least six months. There's nothing inherently dangerous about that spot, nothing. Uh, that says that is more dangerous than any other basic wrestling maneuver. When you go back to Junior's last century, which was at Gate of Destiny, it is a bicycle kick in the corner on Hyo, and he injures his knee. And this is a move that he had done hundreds and hundreds of times up to that point. It just so happened that this is the one that tore his knee apart. You can make the argument maybe he needs to stretch more, but again, a bicycle kick in the corner, not something that I would call inherently dangerous if you go back to Ria Fuda's injury and he got hurt on the same show as Kaito Nagano, I know Nagano came back and wrestled a little bit, but I I, I don't know about you, Mike, Nagano did not look healthy to me when he came back from his injury in September. I, I think it was what December or January. He wrestled a little bit. He never yeah. looked comfortable to me.
1: He basically had two weeks back.
2: Yeah. And, and it, it, it didn't look good. So Fuda dislocates two fingers and I can't tell exactly when it happens in the match, but it looks like it happened he did a drop kick in the corner and he landed weird he dislocated two fingers and by all accounts it couldn't have been a worse dislocation either
1: yeah it, it, it was something that i've had family and friends who've had to have uh finger reconstructive surgeries and it is something where if it breaks badly like it is surprising how long it takes your fingers to like after you have to go in and have pens in, like that sort of thing it's surprising how long it takes to return from that like it is one of those things that your finkies are are sensitive oh my god they're so
2: sensitive so yeah you know he gets hurt on a drop kick same show kaito nagano this is the injury that i'll use as his jumping off point because again i don't think he looked right when he returned you know a month and a half ago but nagano drop kick in the corner lands on his shoulder We've seen Kaito Nagano do a million drop kicks. He just happened to land on his shoulder. Again, more annoying than it is dangerous. You go back a month before that, TN Revolution, Mike, he got hurt doing a stomp. He tore his knee up, stomping a guy.
1: Yeah, I, I, he, he I, just planted and twisted. It was it was one of those things that it, it could have been just, oh, did you have a little bit of moisture on the bottom of your boot, maybe? Like, or was it like a slick thing that you got? It was one of those like freak things that it's just frustrating. And it, and it was something that I try to like when I saw those kind of conversations, I was just like, OK, if you're bringing that up, then you are just parachuting in. Because if you remember what the injuries are and in case you've laid them out kind of brilliantly, I don't know how the uh, reasonable conclusion is that they have to re rebuild the training program i mean it, it, it's something where case I, I i would offer as a not not a full counterpoint to the idea that this is an aberration uh we've been over the last uh two months and will continue throughout the year been doing the rewind and rewatch project a, in our way you will kind of get a timeline through 25 years through it but we but we get to go through case all of this old uh materials and a lot of reporting from the 90s and early 2000s and one thing that uh, that has struck me is wow basically like these the, the Torimong japan guys they were uh, uh banged up a lot more than i realized and a lot of yes. the rookies were banged up a lot more than i realized and that was something that I kind of like i was as it was brought up and as things were going i was thinking about like oh yeah naruki toy was like the best example of this because how injured he was basically cost them an ace seat in t2p as a rookie he was too hurt so they had to hold him back and he lost his push
2: well again we talked about it last week you know mochi gets ousted from m2k in at the beginning of february 2002 but he's still teaming with m2k on house shows because the roster was smaller at that point just because they didn't have as many students as is pre t2p but also they had so many injuries that they're like, ah, okay, well, I guess, I guess we're just going to do partners don't get along here because we have to fill these shows with something, yeah, and, and that's what they have to do. So again, it's not, it, there, there is history and precedent for this. It is very odd because it's Gate, and, and I think all things considered, they've had a pretty lucky 25 years, but even if you round out this list with Minorita, and you can watch this on YouTube, he's doing a, a reversal sequence with Dragon Daya, and Daya hits the ropes and Minnichi goes to turn around to face him, tears his ACL. You know, this isn't this isn't NXT women. Obviously, everybody that's ever heard the show knows how much I hate NXT and how much I, in particular, hate the way their women wrestle. This isn't NXT women doing stuff way beyond their depth and getting hurt and doing things that are dangerous that they have no business doing. Again, I'm not a doctor. I don't even pretend to play one on TV, but I... I would push back on the notion that there is a a systematic issue here. And again, watching these back to back to back to back to back today, I went, oh my God, this couldn't have been any worse. (laughs) These injuries are nothing. These are more often than not, these are non-contact injuries that are happening. That is bizarre. And it just so happens that it is plaguing this roster right now.
1: it it is something where like if there is the thinnest of threads that i think one could do and i feel like that this would be one of the least charitable kind of ways of looking at it uh you could say maybe oh dragon gate has a a canvas that often has vinyl on it because of advertisements you could say like maybe maybe the canvases are slick but i never heard that about any one of these injuries case that there was like a slick mat or anything like this. Everything that whenever these happen, it's like, oh God. Yeah. It, and that's usually the response we hear is oh God. It, as the like response and not like an oh god the world is falling down upon us. It's like this again, basically. Yeah,
2: no, I mean again, I you just have to highlight the TN Revolution injury because I think he is the the spotlight of this and everything else can be sort of reflected off of him as like, look the guy hurt himself stomping a guy. You know, it it doesn't get more low impact or low stakes than that. Uh, You know, I I haven't asked anybody about the dojo in particular in a while. Maybe they're doing a bunch of drills that are just killing their lower halves, but I tend to think that's not the case. And I tend to think this is just a very odd stretch of bad luck for this promotion, Uh, you know. But luckily, I think there's still a bunch of good stuff here. I mean, again, I think these these, uh, Osaka shows are loaded. I'm very much looking forward to them. But I also wish they were loaded up with young guys uh, on the card as well.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where I think in a lot of ways, uh, this Gator Nostalgia show, one of those uh, kind of last ringing things in my head that I still kind of look at is like, oh, it is something where instead of doing like a lot of modern versus new, it's a lot of like, oh, okay, so... We have Fuchi and Konda. So I guess we're doing Renaissance because that's what these two guys are and these two guys are healthy in a way.
2: Yeah, very strange, very strange. But that that is the, uh, the unfortunate part of this week is that Kato was hurt. I had said a number of times, I thought Kato was really figuring out what he wanted to do as a heel and was doing the best work of his young career. I think for the first time, he was looking not like, uh, you know, the way somebody had described it to me, a Big Japan wrestler that had stumbled into Dragon Gate but rather a big Dragon Gate wrestler doing his thing in the confines of the promotion. And it's a real bummer now that he will be on the shelf for a while. I mean, they didn't waste any time vacating the titles and taking him off of that show. So that, that can't be good news when they act as quickly as they do.
1: Yeah, and it's also something where we also have to like look at with how Dragon Gate is running. One thing that they've, that they've done this year, Case, that I feel like is somewhat of a newer... Sort of thing. They did a basically a contract signing ceremony before the shows at Kobe Art Center. So, like, they had to they had a signing that they had to take care of immediately. So they had to name something because they were what what was going to be the Triangle Gate match. They didn't really have the uh, the, the, there was not really any benefit of time. I feel no, you're exactly right. So they they subbed in Shun there, and I have I have more thoughts on Shun later yeah and uh for for the remainder of the weekend of course uh they were in gifu a homecoming show uh for uh uh, kota menorah at least it's something where like there's a lot of people from gifu in the company but right now it's like kota menorah and uh, shun skywalker are the ones from gifu not on the injury list so they are the ones in the main event there was a show as well in hiroshima uh with a, a big uh Feature for Sachi Hoko, boy. And then the uh, Kobe Art Center show on the network case. Uh, I, I think this is probably my... I, I felt like that that show was the uh, one of the better Kobe Art Center shows that they had. And as meager of praise that as, a, as that is, basically. Like, it was fine, I felt like.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's anything from any of these shows that anybody needs to go out of their way to see on the Gifu YouTube upload. I did like Daya and Kakuta versus Strong Machine J and UT quite a bit, but that was, that was probably my favorite of the bunch. Nothing here really jumped out to me. I mean, other than that, I I like Gianni and Skywalker versus Casey and Strong Machine J on this Kobe show. I found the Kobe show to be inoffensive. I didn't find it to necessarily be very good, but I have been operating under the mindset with Fukuoka last weekend and Kobe this weekend where, hey, if the shows were good, great, I'm not going to complain. But I I think they had paved the way for Champion Gate uh, to a point where I was very, very much accepting of some lackluster shows here. Because with Champion Gate and then Ray Day Parejas coming up, I think things are going to heat up very, very quickly.
1: Yeah, it is something where, at least for me, I... I I thought it was kind of interesting. There was a UT and Kagatora match that I was like, okay, we're going to kind of get a little bit of a Prime Zone special. No, no, it was like seven minutes and not really a whole lot of like hold for hold stuff throughout it. I do think like the one thing out of the weekend worth watching was that Johnny and Shun versus uh, KZ and Strong Machine J. It just was like a very gleeful brawl. And it was something where the Kobe Art Center crowd... I would think by now that they would kind of know Johnny's bit, but they, it was one of the more active audiences. I feel like for Johnny Valletta since his uh, debut in the company.
2: Yeah. I look, you got to You got to credit them. You know, they, they have beat his gimmick into the ground in a way that is going to end up being very successful for them. And I made this point when he debuted, you know, you have to think about like a bad luck folly G1, where every finish is the exact same and they do the same stretcher job at every town and you're sick of watching it by night three and there's 12 more nights to go. But you know what? It's effective. And you, you sometimes, especially in today's world, things move so fast. You have to swing the pendulum back so hard in the opposite direction. And for Valletta, they just have to beat this into the ground until they can't anymore, and I think they're doing the right thing because now, look, if I was at this show, to me, part of part of the fun would be, okay, we're getting a Valletta entrance. Where is he going to go? Who is he going to beat up? What part of the crowd is he going to focus on? To me, it is becoming an overwhelming positive, and I think for all the great entrances he's had, this Kobe one might have been the top of the list
1: and it's something where like if you want to have a fun game to play and i think that that this is something that i the, the it, it tells us really kind of the state of the show and really where things are that everything's set for champion gate everything was set for champion gate three weeks ago basically and they had to readjust things for kato but we're basically arriving at the same destination that the most amusing thing for me from dragon gate on this weekend was okay that long great uh crowd brawl before the match started and strong machine jay is just thriving and kind of the opportunity he's become kind of the most interesting person on the roster very quickly just because of how frustrated he is with the remainder natural vibes but you contrast johnny Valletta in that brawl case with by far and hey when you are this over you are allowed to milk it this way the longest goddamn Heo dollar <laughs> of all time in the main event where there was, he he still had people in the crowd who he could have gone and gotten more Heo bucks onto his suspenders. But he had to get into the ring because it was taking too long. So
2: I'm assuming you did not watch the new prime zone that came out today, did you?
1: I have not gotten to that point yet. I, I would like to ca- congratulate our new general manager. I yes. believe for prime zone. Hio.
2: Yes. Yeah, so I, I talked to somebody that was at the show today and they, they noted two things. They said, one, the attendance was double what it was last time. Now, Cage Match lists that at 75 people, which I think the other show did about
1: 30. So that makes right, sense. Yeah. Mean,
2: that, that building is tiny. I, I, it's the, the probably building 100 is tiny capacity.
1: and they do it like in the middle of the workday on a Tuesday.
2: Yes. Like, uh. so
1: you're really like this is not a show that's run with intent of profit maximization.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to see here. They don't have attendance for the January 2020 prime zone. I'd be curious to see what that was. um, I I, I feel like
1: Lapis at most I've ever seen was like 112. And that was well before COVID. Yeah, so December
2: 2019, they have a list of attendance of 91 fans. So again, we're, 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 we're not talking about a massive building here. This is still a place that you're lucky to get 100 people in there. But I was told double the amount of people that were there last time and it cannot be underestimated or overstated that Hio was the most over guy in the company right now. That this is kinda his world and we're all living in it. And that his stuff on Prime Zone was so unbelievably over.
1: Yeah, and it's something where like we've had like this question about Luis Monte as Dreamgate champion. And in a lot of ways, a lot of those questions are kind of erased by the fact that he is uh, partners with Yo right now. It, it, it's something where it's the hottest act in the company. And he gets the, And part of that is Luis Monte. But most of that is Yo right now.
2: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Yeah, no, I mean look, Monte's in a great spot. Monte just has to keep his head above water. And I mm-hmm. think I think defending the title against Susumu much more of that later. I think I think he's gonna be in a very good spot exiting Osaka. And then obviously he's teamed up with Hyo during uh, Ray Rey de Parejas, which I, I was not expecting. I thought they would add a third and maybe have Monte rest during this period, but instead they're gonna have them team up. So he he's in a great spot. You know, I I wonder at times if hyo being as over as he is is bad news for monte but honestly i think if monte could even somewhat hang with him it's only going to help monte going forward
1: yeah it's something where i think that it's kind of like takes things down a couple notches I, i think it's something where you don't necessarily need to have like the expectations of kakuta or like how kakuda the the dream gate just never really seemed like it was the thing after he won the title y- you're able to not necessarily pull focus fully away from the dream gate now but it is something where you look at the twosome in the pairing and especially as we go into this weekend and hell it's then we're in march already <laughs> and and rey de Perejas. and as you're saying things seem to be right on the uh right about to kick off for that so when we look at these shows that they had over the last few days it's just like it's kind of interesting in a way that i know that case your least favorite weekend of the dragon gate year is the uh day before dead or alive oh god the the fucking
2: the shoehorn kyoto show that i never watched
1: i i kind of feel like this it, it in a way it's a similar situation, but just everything doesn't feel shoehorned. It just feels like, okay, we've reached to those certain points. We have our three title matches and we have this weekend. We don't really need to get much further into it. Like it's fine.
2: Yeah, no, I think that, I think that's well said. I think the, the thing that we have to start wrapping our heads around and it's not something I would have said, even when he turned in November, it's not something I would have said last month, but I think we have to at least start preparing for the idea that whoever beats Monte for the Dreamgate belt might have to wrestle Hyo in a Dreamgate match. I think that's coming at some point.
1: And it's probably going to be their first defense immediately.
2: Yeah, and, and you know it's probably no bigger than a Champion Gate or even a Cork and Hall defense, but you know if, it, if it's Shun... Or if it's anybody from Mochizuki Dojo, you have a built-in story there with their history with Hyo, and I I just can't ignore it. You know, he's he's the Bravegate champion right now. He's the most over guy in the company, but it it does strangely feel like there's a level for him to go up, even if I'm not sure what that is, partially because of his size, partially because of his wrestling ability. It just feels like he has another another level to go
1: yeah and it is something where that's like kind of uniquely uh contrasting him with this point where he has this brave gate run that we've been talking i feel like since Sasumu's uh run speaking of uh, uh Luis monte's uh challenger this weekend uh thinking about Sasumu's uh, Bravegate run and the uh 2020s uh, and that one that like you kind of have to go back there for the brave gate for the, grave, the Brave Gate Championship to be in a kind of a strong position. I mean, we've been talking basically SB Kento kind of as the touring 1B uh, draw as the last time that Bravegate had a level of relevance with with this. But I think you kind of look at where he goes with it. And yeah, we have uh, SBK had those houses in Nagoya. They were able to do those turns with Okuda and Osaka. I think this is already starting to exceed that and like we just kind of look at this kind of scenario here where he does have like these opportunities now that it is kind of a unique window that i think that it kind of provides an interesting quirk to the year that i don't think we've really ha- have encountered this far
2: the difference between Hills current run and SP Kento's run which was again the last time the bravegate belt felt this hot was you have to remember Kento's first defense was the Kamei match in Kobe Hall? His second defense was the Kamei match in Korkin. And those two matches made the Problem Dragon hometown defense and then the UT match in Nagoya made those matches feel like ginormous deals. I mean, the Problem Dragon match, I was salivating for that. I don't remember if that hit the network or if that hit YouTube, but I was so excited to see that match. And then it kicked ass. And then the same thing with the UT match, obviously. It's the thing with Yo, is he needs the great singles match, and I'll get more into it when we preview Champion Gate itself, but that is the only thing holding him back right now is that you and I don't have the Hyo match that we can send to Meltzer and to Rich and Joe and to the people that are, are just outside of Dragon Gate consciousness right now, but we'll watch a match if it has enough buzz. They're, they're the ones that aren't getting Hyo is who he is now. And, and the problem is that, again, he doesn't have not even the four-star match. He needs the four-and-a-quarter, four-and-a-half-star match to, I think, fully transcend, at least for the English-speaking world, to fully transcend uh, his star power. For that to really sink in with people, that's the thing he's missing right now. Because this Battle Royal main event was fun. His entrance popped me, but it's <laughs> not it's not the type of thing that that uh, the the lapsed Drangate fan or the tentative Drangate fan or the part-time Drangate fan, they can't latch onto that. So there's a disconnect right now between the most over guy in Japan and the most over guy in our bubble. They're two very different things right now.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of funny in a way that I think the person that in, in, in a way that there is a similarity to, but I think that it's a lot more visible with he, owe his overness if, if that is because of he, owes dollars or if that is because just the way that the, building changes the tenor in the crowd changes when he comes out you kind of have like a a, the interesting kind of counterfactual to him of sonata and how for 2023 the big thing was like hey there is this huge gulf between wrestlers like sonata yuki oshioka i would say kind of gets that an unfair rap like sonata but he had his own fan base that just did not translate over the yoshioka However, thing is insane i still i just I, I, what, I what that, else do you want from the guy he had seven great dream gate
2: defenses you know it's no, it's nothing like sonata sonata on his best day isn't as good as yoshioka de, uh, is on an average day
1: uh i mean i think it's also because uh, yoshioka reminded people enough of yamato in a way that i think that is kind of a tough thing i to guess fix. i don't know
2: i've never I, I look i i've liked yoshioka since he was wearing the pleather blue pants when he debuted. I, I've always been a massive supporter of him.
1: The, the, the boy had bell bottoms. I,
2: I know the the disconnect on his charisma. Uh, one argument being it's too similar to Yamato. The other being that he doesn't have charisma. I just don't. I don't understand it. I am I am baffled by the people that don't see, especially that Dreamgate run, where the stories were so obvious and the output was so clear. I I'm just uh, for all of the look, I, I, I know where I stand in drinking. I, I like it more than the average person. Th- that is the one that I just I, th- I sit back and think like, man, what what was there not to get about this four and a half star match? Like, it's very odd to me.
1: Yeah, but but it is something where there is this kind of gulf that I don't know if if you has this like four and a half star match with Yazushi Kanda this weekend. I don't know if, for one, that that changes a lot of Tastemaker's minds on Hio. I think that it is something where he, I mean, for better or for worse, being the heel that he was for as long as he was, I think that it is very similar to, it took people a while to wrap their heads, or people who've been Dragon Gate fans long enough, it took them a while to wrap their heads around KZ being more than the the world's best lost post. You know,
2: yeah, that's probably I, you're probably right. That's probably the best comp there is because a like I'm trying to think about like Ashita was never this. You know, it took a long time for Ashita to catch on.
1: Ashita was hometown over. He was not much more than like young hot guy over, home guy over. Yeah, Heo, yeah. I Heo mean, was much look, we, than we've that.
2: talked about it. You know, maximum era Ashita was really, really over. But it wasn't. It wasn't this yo thing. It didn't have that level of importance that the yo, the yo thing has.
1: Right. So I just wonder with that, that like th- there is kind of like this I-, I I don't know I kind of look at these stars like a Sonata and like how New Japan is now and there and-, and how stardom kind of is not the promotion but what stardom kind of is in the industry in 2024 and I think that rather than sometimes trying to reframe it around uh, reframing a guy's career about having like this like transcendent match like jackie funky Kame has ha- already had much better matches than Heo has had in his entire career like i feel like that if we look at it from a purely work rate wrestling kind of standpoint but that's not that that, that is 80 percent of the package but that's not the entire package right now and i think that that's kind of the issue with hio is just that maybe he's always going to be someone that tops out at three and three quarters
2: yeah, he has the hard part down. It's, it's the other part that most Dragon Gate wrestlers don't struggle with that he has to get to. But let's put a pin in that. Let's, do, let's talk about Nostalgia Gate here real quick, and then I want to go in-depth on some of these Champion Gate matches. All right, so
1: the Gate of Nostalgia comes to us from our friends at the Luck Corporation. Uh, they bring us the Gate of Nostalgia. It is a 6 o'clock local time start on the uh, Dragon Gate Network. It comes from Edeon Arena Osaka number 2, six match card uh i the, the way that they have phrased every single one of these matches is that this is a unit versus unit some of them are new units some of them are old are old vintage units and just kind of overall case before we kind of get into this uh the gate of the nostalgia just overall card takeaway for a for a card that was promised to be a nostalgic card where do you, where do you feel about this card? Like, did you feel like this is representative of what you were hoping for in this gate of nostalgia kind of rapper? It's actually better.
2: I, I think you and I were really cynical for two different reasons uh, when this show was announced. I was just expecting a Jimmy's match and Horiguchi, or I guess not Horiguchi, because you probably would have been doing Jimmy stuff. I, I expected the bare minimum on this show. I, I didn't look at it as anything that was going to be spirited or anything that was going to be unique and instead i feel really happy with this card because you have a match that might not exactly be uh, the deepest of cuts in the opener you know natural vibes versus masquerade but that match should be great and then you have stuff like d courage versus maximum which is really interesting big hug versus the original jimmy's and then this main event, which is obviously TBD, because at this time, we still have Kato listening to the main event. He will be out. But Mad Blanky versus Zebrats is a great main event. I was not expecting that. I did not think about that. And I am super into that. So I know you were a little down on this idea because you felt like it was a, a cop-out, if anything. I, I I look at it as, hey, Kiyomiya is not booked. This is what they're going to do instead. And I'm very happy with the result, at least on paper.
1: I think that if you were to tell me that this was going to be a a mystery vortex kind of show where it would be heavily prime zone influence where units might still exist or undercase Amazon Prime uh, Dragon Gate, I think that this would have been completely as expected. Because you look at the people on the roster and you look at the groupings you want to keep together, like, all right, uh, Big Hug need to be together with that so you aren't doing anything with those two but at the same time you have to figure out like all right we can't really do do fixer because what is do fixer without magnum and uh darkness so why don't we do real hazard and that just is like and, and pull dragon kid put him into d heart uh, die hearts and i feel like That that is a little bit of creativity that I was not necessarily expecting. It is something I still kind of look at this. And it's something that for this kind of weekend, I don't necessarily see this as like a big show. I don't see this as a big five. uh, Not because not come close. Does this even really like come up to like a memorial gate? I don't think so.
2: Oh, I I totally disagree. I think both of these cards smoke the last few uh, years of any Memorial gate show. I
1: I, Memorial gate had title matches. Like as much as we want to say like, yeah, okay. You're putting like the, you you were having a twin gate match with, uh, uh, with, uh, La and Jason Lee in it main event. Like it was not like a strong thing, but there were title matches with this. If you're going to do something like this, I've, Kind of want to see a little bit more, and it is something where they had a hard thing to do. But like you can't really do a whole lot of Mon stuff because you have the Toriyama reunion shows as well. So I don't know. I'm still I, I, no.
2: I, I look. I think Monte and hyo versus Susumu Kagatora that could headline a Cork and Hall show. So I I I think that is a huge match. And I think Matt Blanky versus Zebras again. Look, if I was if I was in the market. That is a ticket-buying match for me. I, I am there. I am sold on that match alone. And again, that's without the semi-main event, which I think I think you're looking at uh, a match that draws in the current Climate 12, 1300 fans in Cork and if they book it on top. I, I really think those last two matches are big matches.
1: I think uh, Big Hug versus uh, Yokosuka Chome, easily the biggest match on the show, feels like if you're doing this kind of thing, because assuming in Kagura, they have really kept them apart, I feel like, in a way that a lot of the other Jimmys, second-gen guys, really, like, the Jimmys broke up, they lost, they disbanded, but they still kind of gravitate in similar kind of areas. I like the fact that we don't really get a lot of Jimmy Susumu and Jimmy Kagatora. and that is the kind of thing that I really enjoy with this kind of card. And that, those are things, like, I don't know necessarily... Looking at this, like when you get to a point where you're trying to do Florida Brothers, I think that there isn't like having super Florida Brothers that feels a little weak to me. I guess as someone who liked the original Florida Brothers.
2: Well, I look. You just you have to you have to look at the roster. You know who who are they? Who are they not including that would take the spot of the Florida Brothers? And I don't really have an answer for that. And I I am. I am the low man on the Florida brothers act. I, it, yeah. it, is, it is not done for me what it has done for millions of people all across the world, but still it's a nostalgia not the, show.
1: This is not those Florida brothers too. That is the thing. Like th- this isn't Michael and uh, Daniel that this isn't Kinsuke Sasaki. This is the Florida brothers that they were doing after they all left those gimmicks.
2: The bummer and this is this is a no go on two out of the three levels, because UT is healthy, but it's a shame Maria's not healthy, and it's a shame Ata's not healthy. It would have been really cool to do a millennials trios match.
1: Could you have gotten uh, Rocky Lobo? I, I think you could have gotten Lobo. Rock if Rocky Lobo
2: was on the show, I would have flown to Osaka for it.
1: Could we have gotten no OG still out with the knee? I kind of wanted him to be a to, uh, him to be a Katoka Sito. Oh, that a, would
2: have been fun. I, you, again, when I when I look at this card, it's like the the two things I might have changed. And I'm a big Die Hard's fan. I like that unit way more than other people do. So I, I'm not bothered by Mochi being in Die Hard's. I would have liked Mochi Fuji and Magnitude Kishiwata but kishiwan is working the the Osaka Gleat show coming up so you have a political uh yeah. you have a political battle there but uh, you know it, if it, it would have been really cool to get the Millennials involved on this show because that at this point I mean that's I, I was writing about ATA today for something I'm working on an article for voice of you know that stuff is 11 you know ten 11 years old now so that that is genuine nostalgia and especially for somebody like me who started covering Dragon Gate while the Millennials existed it would have been a lot of fun but for the roster they have, I I think they did a really good job with this. So I, I, Let's go back to the main event here and kind of work our way back to the opening match. Sure. Y-
1: you don't seem into this main event, and I'm really into this main event. Uh, it, it is something where... So the main event, uh, Mad Blanky versus Zebrats, they are probably going to move around the, this match in some aspect because Yoshiki Kado is still listed on the official Dragon Gate Japanese website as in the main event, but it's uh Yamato, Naruki Doi, KZ, uh, Mondai Ryu, Punchominaga versus uh uh Shun Skywalker, Kai Ish and Yoshiki Kato and Johnny Valletta. I think that this is the best Mad blankie uh tandem that you could do with other people you need to book and other things on the show. Like Cyber Kong probably could have been in this match, but you're gonna want to have you have so many matches you're going to need to have heels and cyber kong makes more sense you know teaming with uh ginky and Rio Saito. the kong thing the is card. fun and
2: real because it's way less yeah. obvious it's yeah I, I wasn't expecting that at all so that's a nice change of pace yeah
1: it, it is something i guess for me as the mad Blanky uh case when we finally do our rank every unit and do like this mad Blanky will be threatening a very top ranking for me and it and they always end up being that way for me it is just something where like that's not the five that I would win in mad Blanky, but i think that it, and this kind of is like situationally like if they're not bringing people in and if they aren't uh kind of with the idea that the Mon reunion let them kind of do a lot of the fun things that maybe this is the best that you can get out of this. It's just something that for me, like knowing that it's going to be, at least you're going to get a salt attack from Monday Ryu, but I don't need like punch Tomonaga. like that, 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 that form of mad blankie. Uh, I am okay with leaving it in, in 2013. So yeah, I, what I'm
2: assuming they're going to do, and I know what will happen. The, the updated lineup will drop as soon as we're done recording. But what I'm assuming they're going to do is just drop one of the mad Blanky guys, would you rather it be Punch or Problem Dragon that gets removed from this match?
1: I think you can uh drop Punch and I mean, you know what I think what...
2: you are out, you are out of your mind. I have I have so much reverence for early era Punch Tamanaga.
1: Monday Ryu's gimmick is completely based on uh being the salt guy and Mad Blanky and being what happened with uh uh Super Shenlong the, the second and Ape Kamada like this, like the it, it, it is something where I feel like it's very hard to impart how over Mondai Ryu was as a member of Mad Blanky. I think that if you have like that, like Mondai, like Mondai Ryu, unless like his neck is really in a bad spot, he has to be there because he has to be the one kind of just being like a little chicken shit and eating the fall. I feel like and we talked about this.
2: I remember when we did the drag at USA stuff, when we hit 2012, where the latter half of 2012, there is, so much monday ryu in like stuff that matters which is really really odd to look back on this the punch run of punch actually being a guy that matters is way shorter but i like the punch stuff more and if there's a tiebreaker we have to remember punch did beat shima in a singles match and i feel like that
1: has to hold some weight like the 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 thing that if you were going to get me to agree a few case i i I would have laid. here's the argument you should have laid out to me uh he's going to have his black and yellow hawaiian shirt you know who i I would think he would i
2: i I think Uh, Casey's gonna have fucked up hair and and two different colored eyes and i i think punch is gonna lean into
1: it i hope he's the one in the match for that reason yeah and if he's doing that that means that his uncle don fuji dressed up the exact same way needs to be with him God, like that, yeah, that's that's what they should have done. And that's the heartbreaking thing about about like Mad Blanky is a lot of my favorite things about Mad Blanky they cannot do in this match. Because- well,
2: it's, I said this earlier, but you know it's the odd part of Fuji. He's a day one guy who's the odd man out because you can't do Crazy Max and you can't do Blood Generation, and there's no point in really doing a veterans unit. And that's really all Fuji has had outside of the trio with Mochi and Kishiwata. Other than that, he's been tied to Shima. But doing Zombie Fuji and Mad Blanky, that's a bummer. That would, I hadn't thought about that. That would have been really fun.
1: I, I mean, you make this an eight man out. Like the thing is, is that like if you want to make, keep this a ten man tag, Punch can go do Team Boku with a big Shimizu. Like okay, just go. Yes, I know. I'm, I I'm 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 taking Big Ben off the board by saying team Boku needs to happen this is why I'm, I'm not allowed to make these kind of decisions but I think that that is the best 10-man mad blanky team you could do is sub out punch Somonaka, Pun and Donfu interesting I'm I'm really under the match I don't think we've really
2: ever had something historically like this where you have two heel units going up against one another I would expect Doi and Yamato to be uh as over as oh, yeah. John as over as John and Paul were in Liverpool in the sixties. I mean, I think this is going to be a massive, massive homecoming uh, type feel for them. So I'm super into this. I I really was not expecting this match. I think it's very cool, and uh, I I think a lot of good can come from it. So I am into this, and that is a big selling point for me on this show.
1: And then we have, this is my main event, Big Hug versus the original Jimmys, Yokosuke Chome, uh, Luis Monte and Hio versus Jimmy Sasumu and Jimmy Kagatora. It's also a Dreamgate preview match. You see, like, that's the, the, this match by itself shows me that they could, that there could be a game of nostalgia that I would be more into. Because I feel like there's a lot here in this match.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, tough night for Kagatora. He's obviously taking the fall here, unless they do Susumu getting a roll-up on Monte. But uh, look, like I said, I think this match could headline a Cork and Hall show. I think this is a ginormous match. I am really excited to see what Susumu has left of the tank, because the last time he wrestled for the Dreamgate would have been May of 2022 against Kai, which was one of the best matches of the year. And then last year, you know, Konda was sort of the the one garnering all the headlines because Konda decided to be a good wrestler for the first time in his life, but so could obviously still go in those twin gate matches and now i'm really excited to see what he looks like here with monte i think monte is in very good hands this is a very cool match
1: and something that we can say as a feather in this weekend's hat you have found a way that your most I- your most important act in the company big hug is in the back half of both of your shows whereas in the past it would be monte one night it would be heo another and you have your your main event for the uh, the Dreamgate match directly previewed on night one in the main event slot. So there it, there is like there is good to this in my mind.
2: Yeah, TV. no, this is great. I'm super into this again, a match I wasn't expecting. I think you made a great point. It's been a long time since we've seen Susumu and Kagatora together doing anything that matters. I it's, again, this is this is a very good card, in
1: my opinion then we have d courage versus maximum it's madoka kakuda and, and ryoya tanaka hey this is the only place you could put ryoya tanaka unless they're bringing out the uh the uh, green uh long leg short leg tights here but uh that would have be been
2: good. fun too that would have been, fun. been funny
1: if they were like all right we're doing a dragon gate future opener if right it was here.
2: if it was what Ishin? Who, who's left from future it's Ishin? Ishin. yeah it is that it oh my god is that it it well, is, I guess I guess Fuda technically, Kame uh, was Di- before Di- Daiki was the Fuda guy.
1: Yeah, Daiki with uh, was
2: a uh, was a future guy. So you could have done Daiki, you could have done Fuda or Ishin, and then uh, um, uh, Tanaka, and you could have done them against a veterans unit. That would have been fun.
1: Yeah, that the, you see, the, there could have been something there, but uh, we can't do that. So we have D Courage, and they're going going up against Big Ben. Uh, the maximum pairing of big R Shimizu and Ben K and hey that means we get the maximum theme again
2: yeah I mean for people that weren't watching in real time in 2018 I would consume Dragon Gate shows I would obviously watch everything even though at that point it felt like I was watching everything with a gun to my head but I would watch everything through the lens of what is maximum doing on this show because it will probably be four stars And so I hold Maximum in great esteem. I really admire their historical significance, uh, not only fostering in Jason Lee, but the rise of Big Ben, the rise of Kaito Ishida, and the last real stand for Speed Muscle outside of Team Torimon when we knew Yoshino was going to retire. So this, to me, is not a throwaway. I, I very much enjoy Maximum, and I think this match is going to kick ass.
1: If they do not do a Mohawk for Shimizu, what are we doing here?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's a very good point.
1: Like, this is the thing about having Maximum here and Natural Vibes being in its kind of weird spot. I think, like, if we really kind of want to have some fun and we aren't going full court press, uh, Ben K with the title, I could see a future where you bring back Big Ben and Gold Class. You know, like, and I think that could be very, very fun. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't bother me. You know, sometimes when Dragon Gate goes backwards, it feels
2: a little bit odd. But Big Ben is one of those things where I don't I I think they had one Twin Gate run together. I mean, it certainly feels like there's just a lot more you could get out of uh, another run at Big Ben.
1: Yeah. And then from there, we get the Dia Hearts versus uh, Real Hazard match. BB Hulk, uh, Masaki Mochizuki and Dragon Kid versus Ginky Horiguchi, Ryo Saito. So we're getting heal maraha Sapa and cyber kong uh hey uh i am really excited to see uh the uh, blue and red uh, extensions Ginky is going to have to find because i bet he does not have those real hazard extensions
2: real quick note big ben wore two time twin gate champions once as baby faces and once as heels i don't really remember anything from the baby face run the heel run had the infamous Big Ben versus Kai and UT match, which I think we both love, and uh, that was very good. That was a very good run. Real Hazard, look, I've never enjoyed Heel Genki, so whereas, like, I'm super attached to Maximum, I'm super attached to Masquerade, I love the Mad Blanky thing they're doing, I am way more into the idea of Dial Hearts reuniting on this show than Real Hazard, just because Real Hazard outside of Yamato and Shingo was uh, it was not my thing I didn't watch in real time but in hindsight not something I really seek out a ton but uh, this is a fun match I wasn't expecting heel ganky and real hazard on this show so I I think this is a lot of fun I'm into it
1: as someone who was current at that time case uh I remember how stoked I was for the real hazard logo and that's fair that's a good logo it's a great logo and that's kind of what i'm looking forward to because that's like the fondness of i have of that unit because like the problem about real hazard and doing real hazard and kind of like the one of the issues about like and this is something you can't help but it's just one of those things that i cannot completely turn off my brain at times it's like oh it's real hazard but shingo and yamato are the members of real hazard that matter and we can't have that and but it is something where like realistically look getting uh maraha sapa on the show and figuring out a way to kind of fill out the fill out the heel ranks i feel like that that's this is this makes sense it's fun to see uh it's something with like masaki mochizuki for someone who weirdly has been in a lot of units it feels like dia hearts kind of had to be the one he had to be a part of in this show like it's not like uh junction three they're not they weren't gonna do junction three versus blood warriors that's just too far that would have been very funny had they done that but i'm glad they didn't i just think that that's practically prehistory and involving too many people that you can't really do And, and that is kind of the issue with this show is like you know there's certain things like in certain units that you have to kind of have but Real hazard kind of is like the the, the case for you got to kind of need to have a second heal unit or like bring back another heal unit, but this is the one you can kind of get to, and that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a fun combo. I wasn't expecting, and again, die Hearts loved that unit. Was like a really big Dia Hearts. You were like was, their number one fan. I, I really one. was because yeah. it was it was a little similar to Masquerade, whereas like all right, this. This has a ceiling because Hulk was Dreamgate champion, just like Shun was Dreamgate champion. Yep. Yeah,
1: it, it, it was the Superface unit that was restrained by their inability to do that, the, uh, their leader to do promos, basically. Yeah.
2: But they also just had kick ass matches all the time. Like, there was mm-hmm. just a ton of good Dial Hearts matches. The Mochi and DK versus T Hawk and H, a Twin Gate match. I think that's Dangerous Gate 2014, is like a four and a half star Twin Gate match. And there's just a bunch of those. That, remember, um,
1: Oh, Octo- we are Team Pantaloons.
2: We are Team Pantaloons, but they did. I got I to gotta pull. Up. I remember it was October 2014. I got so excited here. Sorry, but it was October 2014 in Corkin. They did that three match series of Dia Hearts versus Monster Express. Here it is. So in the middle of this card, they did Shingo versus Dragon Kid. They did Hulk versus Yoshino. And they did Tozawa versus Mochi back to back to back. And they were all awesome. And that Tozawa-Mochi match in particular, like, shocker, that match was really, really good. But there's just a bunch of stuff like that. Even though I think people love 2014 and 2016 where they existed, they don't really give diehards the credit they deserve.
1: Yeah, they are kind of in this, like, weird period that you had to, you had such a strong way of crowning Hulk. Like, I think... I think back to 2014 case, whenever I think about what a coronation and how strong a champion should be coming out of Kobe world and the lead up to it and beat by beat, I look at 2014, I look at BB Hulk and I look at how Team Pantaloons became Die And But but like the thing about it was that all was happening at a time where you had Monster Express with two of your most popular people in the company that were just basically you could let uh, Yoshino and Tozawa go out there and talk about what their weekly routine was. And the crowd was more into that than anything else on the show.
2: Mike, if my, uh, and please keep this on the podcast. If my background noise starts to get too much, let me know. We are in the midst of a tornado warning in Chicago oh, right oh now. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh geez. Oh man. I, I'm, I'm okay. It's raining very hard outside my apartment now. Uh, I moved away from the window because I was hugging that bad boy pretty close when we started. Uh, But uh, if things get too loud, let me know and I'll
1: make some changes. Okay? (laughs) I I think we're going to ride with this. uh, uh, Let me know if things are getting uh, a little testy out there, though. Yeah, it's uh,
2: it's it's not it's not looking good, but I'm not alarmed yet. We will see if that continues throughout the podcast or not. All right, uh, l- l- let's hurry through the remainder <laughs> of. Uh, you know, it's been it's been like taunting me the entire the entire
1: time. And about hey, two we got mi- an hour.
2: We exactly. got an hour. And then about yeah. two minutes ago, it's like, huh? Okay, this is uh, this is gonna be a problem, isn't it? Okay, good to know.
1: <laughs> y- y- your phone just starts blowing up. Uh, uh,
2: <laughs>
1: someone's phone who maybe blew up during uh, the-, the card uh, construction might have been one Jinichiro Tenryu, might have been one uh, Magnum Tokyo, as Renaissance is making it's much a dude reunion as Don Fuji and Yazushi Kanda face off against the super Florida brothers of Johnson and Jackson, Florida in match two.
2: I find it fascinating that they were able to get a Renaissance reunion here. It was really the only thing that Fuji could do. Like I said, I, I was not expecting it renaissance did not last very long i certainly don't think of Conda as a renaissance member even though he was very- it was
1: based around him weirdly. yeah
2: i i know I, well it was based around magnum technically but then magnum left and so yeah. yeah the whole the whole thing is very odd and i think that's actually a fun footnote to have on this show
1: yeah like if you're gonna have like a weird like old unit like the uh, like the other thing that they could have done is they could have had him team with Stalker Fuji, and they could have done Waku Waku Fuji Land.
2: Yeah, that would have, that would have been cool.
1: Like that's the kind of deep pull you're going to do, and I think that like that's the thing is Renaissance is the deep pull because you can't really do like Tozawajuku. Like the, the, the there are some like some units that would have been like the perfect ones to bring back for this kind of thing. Like not like over generation, no over generation should not have come close to this. But uh, Renaissance Tozawa Juku, those are the places that we could have gone to. And as Case said uh, leading off the segment, our opener, Natural Vibes versus Masquerade, it is uh, Strong Machine J, UT, Jackie Funky Kameh versus Kodaman, Nora, Dragon Daya, Jason Lee, almost straight out of Prime Zone.
2: Yeah, no, super fun match here. I expect this to be very good and i uh much like a few different units on this show am very fond of masquerade so i'm glad they're back
1: yeah it's something where now just kind of a bow on it i think now going through the card i'm perversely into renaissance coming back for what like how are they going to even like because then they come out to like original theme like W A R music or something for that unit like i don't know how they're going to portray that like i am i'm into that i'm into real hazard into big ben i'm just really like it is something where it's just i i think the constraints of doing a nostalgic card when you've already done a lot of torymon stuff kind of hurt as we move on to uh champion gate 2024 uh production note case had to run during the recording the uh, tornado warning hit uh chicago so i'm going to take us through the remainder of the show case has the we'll have the written review for champion gate on voices of wrestling over the weekend i will have the the gate nostalgia review as well trying to kind of i feel like by the end of saturday at the very least i kind of will have a little bit more of like a clear direction uh, and feeling getting out of gate and nostalgia but let's talk about champion gate it is a 3 o'clock local time start in Osaka. And, of course, three championship matches, one vacant championship, the main event for the Open the Dreamgate Championship, Luis Monte defending against Susumu Mochizuki. And it is something where I feel like we kind of contrast this to where Luis Monte was with Gate of Bayside paying off the Shun Skywalker story, at least to where it was at that point. And now we are seeing uh, the Luis Monte Championship run, what his dance card is going to be. And you have Susumu Mochizuki, one of, if not the uh, great uh, technical wrestlers of this company's history, the person that if anyone is coming into the promotion, a wrestler and maybe is someone that, uh, the not certain about who I would book against them. I would put them up against sumo Mochizuki. And as Case said, uh, when we talk about his last title match against Kai at uh, Dead or Alive 2022, we've seen that he is someone that's still able to have these top line main event matches, and especially for the Dream Gate. It is something where I do kind of look at this uh, title portion of the uh, Osaka show, uh, the uh, Champion Gate card, and... I am so heavily kind of feel like everything is weighted towards Big Hug that it's very hard for me to put any sort of uh, weight behind a Susumu Mochizuki win, basically. I think that there is, of course, the freak occurrence or the uh, Susumu Mochizuki shock, frankly, if we want to think about... uh, 2016 and then jimmy susumu taking the title from shingo takagi in that spring that there's always that chance there's always that possibility but it does not work here and it does not work for a champion who i feel like has really done a lot over the last month to kind of feel more comfortable as champion and i think a lot of that is with yo as uh, case and i talked about earlier having the most popular act and the company, and one of the more popular acts in the company in recent years, be your uh, tag team partner, your best friend. Hey, it makes a lot of things a lot easier. So I, I, I come into this match, I'm going into the weekend, expecting a Luis Monte win. I think it's something where you can't discount Susumu Mochizuki and you can't say that Susumu Mochizuki is going to have no chance in this title match. This is the company that had... Kai come out of nowhere at uh Final Gate 2020 to uh defeat uh to, to defeat Yamato. So it is something or that was final gate twenty twenty one rather to defeat Yamato. But I think that this is something where I will say eighty percent, twenty percent Luis Monte to Susumu Mochizuki, but that twenty percent if this was not uh if this wasn't Susumu and we weren't talking about someone who had did something in a kind of a similar circumstances, uh, go on as a heavy underdog and win that would realistically be more of a 95, five, if not, uh, worse than that. So my main event, uh, for the vacant open, the triangle gate championships, uh, as we said, Yoshiki Kato injured, uh, looked like he blew out his knee, no big specifics out there, but it's something where they knew on, uh, they they knew in Gifu that he was uh, that he blew his knee out or I can't say blew blew his knee out don't aggregate that uh, hurt his knee it just very much looked like he blew his knee out as someone who's seen enough of those through my life but that means we have a vacant open the Triangle Gate Championship Shun moves in there to uh, team up with former champions Kai and Ishin versus D Courage Madoka Kakuda Dragon Daya, and Ryo Tanaka really have played up. I feel like uh, Tanaka and uh, Ishin all dating back to Gate of Destiny. The idea of uh, the hometown guy Ryo Tanaka getting a Brave Gate shot that he probably didn't deserve, but making the best of it. And ever since then, more and more having uh, Ishin's number. Having uh, uh, not getting the win, he did not get the win in the Royal Sambo. Uh, over the weekend, but it, there were a couple moments where it looked like he was just about to get him with that, and that's going to be the big tease, I feel like, is going to be see if Tanaka can get a second fall. Over Ishin. it is something, though, where I kind of look at Zebrats, and it's a little bit of a shame that we weren't able to kind of talk about this. Like, like the status of Zebrats, you had Kai, who we've known his bicep was in a bad kind of shape before, the the before the situation of kato like it was looking like that that was the uh, the champion that there was a question mark with, but now we are looking at a Z brats now where, looks like uh whomever Max Z might be, they might try to further further along. Of course, that was supposed to be the rookie there, just messing along. They might need to do a third Max Z, is what I'm saying, just to further bolster the heel corpse. Uh, Third title match, Hyo defends against Yuzushi Kanda. It's something where I think that we've seen good enough kind of previews of this. It's really the the big question and the kind of the fun thing we're seeing over this title build is uh, Yuzushi Kanda, after the 2023 he had, what's left in the tank when an M3K is no more? when him and Susumu aren't the twin gate champions, they aren't partners. And there's really not a Mochizuki around there for him to team with. So we get to see that with Hio. Hio, we have that overall question. Does Hio have this great, uh, brave gate match, this elusive four and a half star match against Yuzushi Kanda. I just think that it is something where that Hio just might not be that guy in a singles match. And it will be something where it's just going to be difficult, really. The gulf between someone who is this over, and it's undeniable that he is that that over. If, if people say, "Oh, I don't," if people parachute and say, "Oh, I don't know about Heo," uh, I I don't see what they see about that. Then I don't know what to tell you. That there's that there's there's more than enough evidence across everything for uh that Hio is that star and is that kind of figure it's just one of those incidents and it's not even really an incident. it's one of those cases where you don't really get to have the easy kind of conversion i guess is the thing it's it's something where like magnum tokyo kind of vibe with him and it will be kind of fun to see like where i look at big hug right now i look at them going to osaka if they don't leave the show or leave, uh, Edeon arena after Sunday, two and one, I think they dropped that match on Gate gated nostalgia. If they don't walk out of this with both belts and aren't looking at Corquin and looking at bolstering their team, then something big happened. And I just think that we're at this point where we kind of need to keep this eye on, um, big hug as they move into, uh, March, uh, going to the uh, non-title matches on the show, we have something that I will say I am looking at the Geora uh, website. They, they're usually what we go with when we do this. Uh, when we're looking at cards, especially in a situation like now, where uh, Yoshiki Kato solicited on the gate of a Nostalgia card, of course, uh, as we're recording this, 8.31, at least for me, Central Standard Time. It's the Lex special 10-man tag, but I like calling it what the Geora translation is, which is the wreck Award 10-man tag team match. It is uh, kind of this fun... Uh, veterans, Toriumon, and Hoho lun team. Uh, Yamato, Dragon Kid, Naruki, Doi Sachi, Hoko Boy with Ho-Ho-Lun. Versus Natural Vibes, KZ, Big Boss, Shimizu, Strong Machine, J. UT, and Jason Lee. Real kind of status of uh, Natural Vibes right now. The fact that we... Look at this team and, hey, this feels like the first time in a long time that we are at a big Dragon Gate kind of weekend. I mean, even though I kind of look at Champion Gate weekend and kind of what this weekend is this year, kind of, at least for me, as I said, kind of four times in uh, I look at this as somewhat of a kind of a step back and instead loading up one card rather than spreading around towards two. But you look at Natural Vibes, when's the last times that we've had a big noted Dragon Gate weekend where Natural Vibes hasn't been in at least one title match? I mean, if it's something where last year at this time, you had Strong Machine J in the main event going after the Dream Gate. So, and I, as I'm just going through this right here, I don't have... Case here to kind of fill for time as I would look this up. I imagine if you're looking at large shows, the big five shows, your champion gate weekends, your memorial gates, your gate of origins, and you look at natural vibes, more often than not, there will be one natural vibe title match. That is not the case here. And I feel like that's kind of a little bit notable, especially where the uh, team is and their overall circumstances. The match we've been fearing, Jackie Funky Kame versus Johnny Valetta. We can't let Jackie Funky Kame get destroyed by Johnny. We can't have it. But that's happening here. I feel like that this has to be like the last thing for him to kind of just throw off the yoke of Natural Vibes and go and join Big Hug. Like if if he was not a member of Natural Vibes, he would not have to face Johnny Valetta. So uh, hopefully that coming out of this. But it's something where like. Do we see Jackie Funky Kame land any of his offense? Do we see Jackie Funky Kame go for a flash pen? I can't remember. And I would think that my memory would be pretty good about this. I don't think Valletta has actually like been in a, uh, has been in a pinfall. I don't think that he's ever had his back against the mat in Dragon Gate so far. So, we have that as our match two here. Does he get on the mat? So at least we get a Jackie knife tease. We'll see. And then our opener, a uh, Rio Fuda return match uh, as we were kind of talking about. And uh, as we were getting going about the uh, rash of injuries with Dragon Gate, uh, Rio Fuda returning after a uh, severe finger break dislocation, uh, having a, uh, surgery on that he teams with uh masaki mochizuki and don fuji versus gold class coulda and bb hulk something where fuda really had all the momentum going into the fall of last year and everything kind of was pulled from him well he's teaming with don fuji and uh masaki mochizuki we are probably going to have a bullion card coming up soon it makes sense to me like after this match then then suddenly ria fuda decides to go into uh booyah Den, and they kind of announce them for something like that. But that is champion gate. It is Sunday and we will be back with y'all next week to review both that and the gate of nostalgia here on open the voice gate, but I'm going to close out right here. Call it from there. Uh, you could follow us on Twitter at open voice gate case. will be back with us next week. Hopefully no tornado warnings. And hopefully he is staying dry and safe in Chicago as we're going through this and wrapping this up, up, uh, on Twitter, we're at Open VoiceGate, cases at in your case. I'm Fujihea. Thanks for listening to Open VoiceGate. We'll be back with you next week. Take care.
2: Hello there. My name's Neil David, and I'm the host of EuroGraps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling and it happens in Europe and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's RevPro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos. Pro Wrestling North we don't care we talk about them all if it's good and it's exciting I want to share
1: it with you we're on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network check us out on the feed check us out on Twitter at EuroGrapsExp, and join us for chat about European wrestling
2: and a little bit of chat about cheese hopefully see you there
0: everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day